silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Merry Christmas and a happy holidays and welcome to another episode of Ho Ho Hoop Dreams, Ooh. the basketball podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, of course, powered by our good friends at Audio-Technica. My name is Matt Tilby and you know what, as a gift to everyone, it's just John O'Peck and Brendan White. Mm. Boys, how we doing? Bah, humbug. I'm doing great. How you doing, man? Uh, Ebenezer. It's the most wonderful in, time of the year. Living in the flesh. <laughs> Christmas Day, like Boxing Day for us, like man, it's a, it's a season of delights in the NBA mostly. So yeah, many games, yeah. all it's big a, games too. Like it's not just a bunch of duds on on Boxing Day or Christmas Day for the US. It is must watch mm. NBA viewing. Yeah, and I mean it's pretty early in the day as well, and it, it goes for quite a while. So it's going to be. Uh, a pretty interesting uh, festive period for us but uh yeah thanks for everyone who's been um following along with our recent episodes of course we just had a, another episode of small ball go up uh fairly recently the 30 and over draft yeah and um, we'd love to hear your opinions on which team uh takes out top billing in that one give us a uh, a mention on hashtag hoop dreams on twitter and you can always follow us at we are 8 bit for that one but uh, Vote one, on. Brendan White, All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I can argue with that. <laughs> yeah, look, looking at the teams earlier today was uh, was a pretty sort of sobering experience, but we'll leave that for another time because we are heading into, uh, well, the second, I guess, second month of the regular season. The first sort of eight weeks have come and gone. Boys, we're starting to see... Uh, you know, the lay of the land become a little bit more apparent uh, in, in both the Eastern and the Western Conference. Brendan, I want to start with you. Uh, the Bucks, of course, earlier today lost their first game in about 19 games to the Dallas Mavericks. But really, it's going to be tough to see anyone at least uh, matching them uh, for the Eastern Conference crown. They have been a force, man. Like uh, Giannis is just doing whatever he wants, wherever he wants, it feels like. Uh, just Euro-stepping around dudes and then just dunking on bodies wherever he can. Uh, it's it's scary. Like they, they don't really have a true number two option. Like Middleton is, is you can argue for it. He's, you know, he's had an all-star and he's, he's a good player, but it's, it's Giannis's team with a bunch of dudes. Like, he is just a tour de force, like similar to like how Luke has been playing for the Mavs, even though they lost to the Mavs today, which surprised the absolute heck out of me, especially without the donk. But yeah, yeah the Bucks, the Bucks, uh, it looks like a three horse race for mine at the moment. It's like the Bucks and then the Lakers and Clippers, it feels like is, is the way it's going to be for the championship this year. One of those three teams I think has got it and, I don't know. There's just something in that Milwaukee water. Even even though they're rocking them are uh, Cream City jerseys, uh, <laughs> they look good. But I definitely don't want Cream City anywhere near my person. But yeah, man, <laughs> the Bucks are. Uh, they look like they're destined this year. They're uh, they're looking a pretty strong force, even despite uh, Philadelphia and Boston at least keeping pace uh, at some sort of respect. It could be said. Um, looking down the Eastern Conference standings as well. Teams like Miami, Indiana, and Brooklyn all in the mix as well uh, for the top eight. And the but Raptors, Brendan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we were going we to keep that silent. But, um, John, I want to ask you, uh, I think we all got it wrong about the Charlotte Hornets, didn't we? We sure did. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. It's Devontae Graham. I picked him up on both my fantasy teams, and he's just been absolute gold over there. Yeah, look, they're only, what, a game and a half out of the top eight, which, I mean, Shocking. if you said that to us at the start of the season, we would have laughed in your face. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, looking right down the bottom, Atlanta and New York, both occupying a 6-21 and record. Well, even Cleveland at the same time as well, I should say, at mm. the time of recording. So, yeah, yeah, dire straits for a couple teams down in the East. It's but- not like a great bottom kind of, like the 7-8 seed, they're both kind of just hanging in there Brooklyn and Orlando so it's not as if being just outside of of that eight means that you're a good team but they've just done way better than we expected I guess it's it's also a pretty similar story over in the Western Conference we've got about five teams vying for 
that eighth seed. Of course, Oklahoma, Portland, Minnesota, well, even San Antonio, and of course, my team, the Phoenix Suns, currently hanging on to that ninth seed with an 11-15 and 15 record. Hopefully, the uh, return of one DeAndre Ayton this week will uh, spur us on to bigger and better things. But, of course, you're looking at the top of the Western Conference, Brendan, um, and Los Angeles, both teams, I should say, are really looking like uh, the teams to beat in the West. Yeah, the, the Lakers, the, the thing that surprised me the most, I guess, because they've got a fair few sort of polarizing, debatably unhinged players that have got some bad reps attached to them over the years, but they've all just bought into this this Lakers culture. And, and I'm guessing LeBron sort of said, mate, I'll, I'll hook you up with some sponsorship deals for Sprite at the end of your careers or something to get him to sort of toe the company line here. But... Man, they look phenomenally at like phenomenal at both ends of the court, like offensively and defensively. And uh, you know, Howard playing what well, I think he's playing about 20, 20 minutes a game at the moment. Like he's he's accepted that he is no longer what he once was and is just looking to to keep playing ball and and he's bought into this LA lifestyle and they look fantastic. Uh, which pains me to say it because I just naturally seem to despise most Los Angeles-oriented teams in just about every sport. So I sort of say that, sort of gritting my teeth. They're looking <laughs> so fantastic. But yeah, it looks like they're the way through the through the West if you want to make it out to the championship. Well, the, uh, the big shock in the West is, of course, the Dallas Mavericks at number three. Jono, of course, oh, he's man. gone down with an injury <laughs> um, and yeah. hopefully it isn't too serious. But... You'd have to tie this all down to uh, Mr. Luka Doncic, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. Prayers up for Luka. Speedy recovery, my man. And uh, yeah, hopefully he's back soon. But it's hard to imagine where they would be without Luka, despite getting that win against the Bucks without him. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's been a revelation just seeing him be the player we hoped he was. It's, it's awesome. And maybe him being out will be... A, a blessing in disguise. It's hard to think how losing a player that good could could be a, a good thing, but it means we get to see Pozingas step up and show, you know, is he this former all-star? Does he still have that? Is he, you know, able to shoulder the load and, you know, see who else on the team is willing to step up and, and show some leadership in Luca's absence? Brendan, one team uh, who I wanted to talk about just quickly as well, and I should say one player who is similarly stepping up for their team is one Mr. James Harden. Um, and if you saw the oh sort God. of run, the run of points this man was averaging over the last, I'd say, you know, week and a half, uh, you would be pretty much shocked. He went I for 60 and then I believe 55 in the same week. This is one thing I wanted to talk about because obviously in the last couple of days, um, NBA legend Scottie Pippen came out and said that the 55-point game from James Harden doesn't mean as much now given the high volume of shots he's taking do you agree that this is you know not a you know something special anymore or is it just you know a, a case of you know you've got to catch what you know what you've got as soon as you've got it because i i think it's just different errors like we're we're in a shooting era now where the three-point line is is almost just the free throw line it feels like like it's it's gone to the days where you see sort of heavy defensively uh sort of like heavy defensive matchups with a lot of banging in the paint and a lot of like sort of almost street ball feeling like where they're where it's sort of you know smash and bash them type of basketball it's it's more finesse and a lot of teams have migrated to that finesse style where they, they sort of fill out their rosters with shooters and and hard and like i i get it he probably would have a harder time getting his shot off in in sort of the the 80s 90s eras but you know what? You, you can't you can't sort of poo-poo what he's doing because he's playing against professional athletes who are the best at what they do, and yet he he's effortlessly like popping fifty every other day of the week. Like um, in since like the twenty eighth of of November, he's had sixty points against the Hawks, fifty against the Spurs, fifty five against the Cavs, fifty four against the Magic. Obviously, four lesser teams in in sort of a transitional period, but like. He's just doing it almost at will, it feels like. And he's shooting at a high clip. Like, he's not getting, um, you know, that 55 against the Cavs, 20 on 34 shooting. So, you know, he's mm. not jacking up 50 shots to get 50 points or anything. Like, 
he's efficient. He's shooting 44% from the field. So you've got to give the bearded man his due. Like, I still get annoyed with some of his game and he's flailing around and he's, he's you know, looking for contact to get to the line and things like that. But he's, terrible. he's doing something special at the moment. <laughs> like, he's, he's yeah. on his way to, to averaging 40 points in a season. Like, it's, it's unheard of. Like, what's his nearest competitor on about... 28 29 i think might be number two in the score yeah it's pretty average close at the moment. yeah hmm. so yeah it's uh, you gotta you gotta sort of give him give him kudos like yeah different yeah. eras you, hard, you can't sort of directly compare but he's he's doing something pretty special at the moment as far as from a scoring standpoint that's the thing like you can't compare and you can only compare people to who they're playing against and if you look at who james harden is playing against you just said it like the next closest person is 10 points below him so if it was that easy, then why isn't everybody doing it, Scotty Pippen? I, I think that, you know, if you were to put Pippen or Jordan or Kobe or whoever from like the late 90s into this era, maybe they would be doing the same thing, but you can't do that. So there's no point comparing and saying that it's not impressive because it clearly is. No one else is doing it. He's the only person in the world doing this. So I don't think you can take it away. It's only when you try and compare it to, you know, previous eras or different generations of NBA style and play that things kind of start to fall apart because yeah mm. I think Jordan would be averaging 40 as well well given this is the same week that Gary Payton said that uh, Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook weren't true point guards <laughs> it's clear to see that the uh, the status quo in the NBA is very much changing but I always love those debates yeah um, always sort of getting to see how the the times have changed in uh, in the NBA and of course given the fact that you know I think two or three teams have hit over 150 points in regulation this season already it's uh, gives you a, a, a pretty clear indication that uh, the way teams are playing has changed and if you're a neutral fan you probably say it's for the better but you know that uh, time will tell whether that's you know the way forward of course my Wonderful Bulls did put up a, a 73-point game the other day. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think we'll see a 200-point game when this inevitable four-point line comes in? I was we'll about to, literally about to ask. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's going to happen. It's going to be pretty close. Um, but, yeah, I think who it, knows whether that'll be good for, the, good for the game. I think if Houston can go to like a, a double OT or a triple OT, they could easily get to a 200-point game. Insane. Mm, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, because it is the season for giving, uh, we are here at Hoop Dreams to give you some uh, a bit of a Christmas wish list for, for basketball in general. We've got, uh, we picked a couple teams that uh, we all feel that they may need something. They're going to be writing to uh, old St. Nick for, for something uh, this holiday season. Um, and, Brendan, we might start with you. Who have you started off with? All right, so I've uh, I've gone straight to the bottom of the barrel here, and I've highlighted the New York Knicks uh, as far as who I think needs a little bit of Christmas loving, and I'm giving just about every one of their players, uh, Tin Man from the Wizard of Oz, they're all getting his heart because they need some heart out there at the moment. Like they are mailing it in game after game at the moment. It's it's very very tough basketball to watch. Um, I haven't watched a full game of the Knicks, but I've watched a few highlights here and there over this first sort of month or two, and it is Lowlights. embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is tough sledding. And kudos to to their social media team for, <laughs> as as you sort of highlighted the other day, Jono. Like they're they're still doing what they can to to squeeze any ounce of positivity out of these sort of massive losses that they mm. seem to be copping again and again and again. So uh, yeah, I think. A bit of heart from the Tin Man, from the Wizard of Oz, as we saw what it did to the Tin Man in, in that uh, in that film. It, it lifted him up, and he became a, a new person and, and could do great things. So, yeah, Tin Man's heart for uh, every member of the New York Knicks. Wow, a typically brutal start from uh, Mr. Brendan White there. Uh, Jono, who yeah. have you got? I had something for the Knicks as well, but it was uh, slightly <laughs> different. A magic eight ball because I feel like they have just no direction at all. They need some kind of guidance, and I think the Magic 8-Ball might be better than what they have now as far as determining the decisions in that front office. It just seems like everything they do doesn't work. Like, you know, drafting Porzingis was a great move, and then things just fall apart, and they trade him, and, you know, the trade package so far hasn't really been enough to 
instill much confidence in the, in the fan base. It just seems like they can't win. And every kind of half-baked solution people come up with, it all comes back to the fact that James Dolan is running this team and it's never going to be okay while he's there. And why would he ever take himself out of that situation voluntarily? It doesn't seem like it's possible. So there's not much hope for the Knicks, but... I don't know. He's, maybe... he's legit Kim Jong Un, isn't he, James <laughs> yeah. Dolan? Like he is just this nasty dictator who's like, mate, the rest of you, you New York Nick peasants, just bow down to me, otherwise I'll kill you like my uncle. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so maybe the magic eight ball will uh, shake things up. Very, very good. Well, uh, I've gone for. Uh, well, I've found out that the Cleveland Cavaliers are riding to Santa, and they're asking for a time machine uh, because. <laughs> Given in their current state, I feel like they, all the fans just want to uh, relive that uh, that season um, with LeBron, of course. But yeah, look, they they they've got some you know bright young players, guys like Darius Garland coming through and Colin Sexton. But it's a bit of a, a backlog, a bit of a jam at that sort of uh, guard position, and of course, uh, rumblings that or pretty much the last. Um, last sort of piece of that championship puzzle Kevin Love may be uh, traded to Denver of course for uh, Michael Porter Jr. that may have already gone down by the time uh, this gets released but yeah like the the sort of last sort of pieces of that that greatest moment that the Cavs have had in quite some time um, may be leaving them so I feel like they just want to relive their past glory for a little bit as much as they can. Yeah my um, my second second uh, Christmas oriented thing ties in nicely here and I also had the Cavs on my list but I actually uh, thought I'd, I'd ask for a travel gift voucher for Kevin Love for free <laughs> for one trip just anywhere of his choosing so you know, if he wants to go play in Denver you know, there you go there's your ticket out you want to go play for the Miami Heat there's your ticket out wherever you want to go Kevin Love get out of there um, try and kickstart your career again on a potential contender and feel the joy of basketball again because he ain't having a good time in cleveland tristan thompson certainly ain't having a good time in cleveland even though he panders it up to the crowd about how he's gonna fight anyone that talks down on his coach and his players but yeah man they are a basket case so kevin love take this uh take this flight center voucher and uh (laughs) go go home boy go have fun that'd be good (laughs) my goodness I, uh, I had a little present for all of us as the NBA fan base, and it's uh, a rescheduling of you know this NBA season's national televised games. Because Christmas Day, you were saying how they were all bangers, Brendan, but we've actually got a stinker on the on the list here, and it's the Warriors versus the Rockets. It's oh, not going to be yeah. pretty. It's going to be an absolute smashing. <laughs> Like it's going to be a bloodbath. They're going to get pasted. And it's on like at a really good time for us. I think it's like... Uh, it's one of the kind of mid middle of the of the like roster of the card. You know, it's halfway through the day as far as the NBA schedule goes. So it's going to be right there for us to watch it at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I just feel like it's going to kind of suck the energy out of a really <laughs> full-on day of, of NBA action. I just wish they could, you know, we've seen them do it, I think, with the Pelicans recently. They, like, rescheduled one of yeah, their games. Yeah, they flexed a game out. That's it. So, you know, I guess maybe it's a little bit hard with the Warriors being, you know, returning finalists from, from the NBA Finals last year to just say, we're going to kick you out of that game. But... I don't know. I don't want to watch that. That might be the time that we, you know, head to, I don't know, change the channel, see what's happening in the cricket, whatever whatever else you have to do on Boxing Day. But Yeah. 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 So that's eight in the morning for me and nine in the morning for you guys. Like I, I for all intents and purposes, hope I'm still asleep at that stage. <laughs> or maybe I'm sort of just lazily scrolling on my phone looking for Boxing Day sales. Because... Uh, my, my Raptors play the Celtics, but that's the 3 a.m. game, and there is no way in Christ I'm getting up that early to watch yeah. that game. So I'm just going to catch the highlights when I rise <laughs> and uh, enjoy my Christmas presents from the day before and my leftovers from the Christmas Day feast. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one for me is actually a player, 
Carl uh, Anthony Towns has written to Santa and he's asked for a gift card to one of the fanciest restaurants in Minnesota called The Bachelor Farmer so that he can uh, wine and dine Lizzo. <laughs> oh, okay. I, is, is he legit into Lizzo? Is that, is that a thing? This is what I don't know. <laughs> the the Twitter rumblings and all of the weird memes about it just seems to give off this weird vibe that you just you do or don't know about it. But I want to say yes because I feel like it'd be funny. Yeah, just well, for all of the memes. But big dog's got to eat. I don't even oh, know. I, mean, I don't even know who Lizzo is. <laughs> she is a very large African American uh, pop star that's sort of okay. blown up this past year. She sings that like. Um, you know that's like baby how you doing and it's like feeling good as hell you know that one it's like she's what is it doing a hair <laughs> I took a DNA test turns out I'm 100% I couldn't hit them notes bitch. I'm still a bit sick that was that was very bad sorry listeners it was worth it just to hear the, the renditions but uh, yeah. yeah okay ladies and gentlemen we're all sorry for our terrible uh, Lizzo renditions but uh, yeah of course if you hadn't seen it uh, the, the wolves were playing in LA um of course, Cat went wild, and uh, there were some very interesting images of Lizzo front row twerking, um, and they had to uh, remove her off the camera quite quickly. Oh, because so. she had very scantily clad attire on, yes, didn't she? She had yes, like a, a pretty much a whole ass out, and maybe the the girls. And it's the second time her. this year that the uh, the Staples Center has had to uh, move away from someone in the crowd after the uh, the, the China shirt incident, but uh, we will. Leave it at that. But uh, yes, Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> looking for a voucher for the Bachelor Farmer. Yes, well, that's that's what I meant. Let's yeah. con- let's not uh, let's not confuse the two, please. Yes, yes. So uh, to Personal avoid any to further say. confusion, I'm going to jump in with my next one, and it is for <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, and and my Christmas wish, or their Christmas wish, I should say, that they're asking for Santa for is expedited delivery of Zion because they need him bad. They're in dire need of a spark. They're what, 6-21 and 21 at the moment. They, they started with a bit of promise earlier this year. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got some good young pieces after the, uh, after the Anthony Davis trade. But I think getting Zion back will sort of elevate these guys and help them maybe climb up the standings. Like, they're, they're oh, not man. doing any, anything at the moment, sitting 14th in the West. Uh, on a lowly six and twenty-one, they've lost their last twelve. Uh, but yeah, Zion back. Uh, big old Brandon Ingram, who's having a career year. Get him and Zion going together, and, and let's see what uh, the future looks like down there in Nola. Mm. So yeah. Zion, hurry back, big fella. I had to say, I think they might almost go the opposite direction because it's gone so much worse than I think we would have expected, even without Zion. And I, I wonder if they might dangle Redick or. Uh, who's the point guard? Drew Holiday at the trade. You know now that they're available for trades, and say who wants them? We'll go full, fully into the tank. Sit Zion out for the season, but it's. I yeah. I, I think Drew might go, and he'd, he'd fetch a good good price because he is mm. still yeah. one of the best point guards in the game. I, I oh, love yeah. Drew Holiday. I got a man crush on him ever <laughs> since he sort of broke in. He's years been ago. the heart and soul for them for you know donkey's years, even when they were sort of just starting to be become the pelicans of course after they were they were the hornets at that at that mm, time weren't they yeah 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 like he's he's been around there for years and i i feel like um he's been a very popular figure and has, has given them a lot just as much as as davis has so whether he does leave um and sort of bring in you know even more new blood but it would be tough to see but yeah look as much as you You'd, you'd want to uh, keep the pieces together as much as they can. They want to do as much as they can to bring in Zion. So, yeah. yeah but maybe, do you think they do you think they sit in for the whole year and just tank, try and grab another young piece, and then they sort of they've said that back? he's not like they're, they're definitely not going to sit him for the year. But I feel like that's going to be their their sort of you know six and twenty one with it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Trade trade away Drew and uh, then draft Lamelo Ball. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> so I have gone ahead and granted, as Santa in this scenario, the Washington Wizards an amnesty clause so that they can do away with that John Wall contract because <laughs> they are in a tough spot, aren't they? Like, I feel I feel bad for, for the fans there. Like, Bradley Beal is 
almost in a Kevin Love situation where team's going nowhere. He's way too good to just spend his career with this team that's going nowhere fast. And, and John Wall's only really limiting their options as far as rebuilds because that contract is probably the worst one in the NBA. So It's, it's dreadful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Do you, do you think when he eventually comes back, he'll be... What percentage of what he once was like? Because he uh, was an absolute beast, he and was. like he's still only twenty nine. Like, so he'll be back in his, in his age thirty season. Like, you look at I guess Derek Rose is a nice comparison, yep. who's having a bit of a renaissance now at thirty one. Hmm. So, is there hope for him to rekindle and, and get a bit of that war magic that we saw for a few years there? Because what is he five time All Star? I think. Yeah, I think he relies so much on his athleticism that we really would need to see whether that's still there or whether. He's more of, I guess, like at the point guard version of Blake Griffin where, you know, he's still got the skills. You still see flashes of it, but he's not the guy that you want to build a team around. He's definitely not the centerpiece of like a deep playoff run. And if you're not that, if you're just stuck in the middle as a, maybe a seventh seed, maybe an eighth seed, you know, maybe you win two or three games in the first round. That's not really what you want Beal to spend the prime of his career. So Yeah. I love Beal. I love watching him play. Mm. Who, who becomes the new him. piece of that Washington uh, Wizards team then? It's, clearly, it's got to be Hachimura then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, he, he's the one that you'd sort of, I guess, consider or go, yeah, he's probably the the potential guy to rise up and, and become a, a nice sort of uh, number two option behind Beal. But he, he looks pretty raw out there at times. He's had a few good games, but he's still, he's still a rook. And you can see that in his play. Mm. Well, I have peeked further into uh, the Christmas wish list, and it turns out that uh, Ben Simmons has asked for a couple of sessions with Lethal Shooter. Uh, of course, in the last couple of weeks, we did see Simmons hit his second professional three-point shot, and uh, we, we, of course, now heard the, the claims from Brett Brown that he wants him taking one three-point shot a game minimum um but even then like that the the form in his shot is still uh janky it's probably yeah, the best way to pretty. put it generous um but i think it's good that he's opening up to it um it it, it clearly makes him a much more you know potent threat and you could see you could sort of see tristan thompson sort of leaning off him because he didn't know what was going to happen um and that that fear that's being yeah. instilled in opponents when you don't know whether he's going to go for the shot or he's going to drive in to the hoop makes him a much more dangerous player. And hopefully, you know, he, he can make a shooting a much more regular part of his game. But, you know, I think he's, he's got to work on it still because it's, it's a, a sight for sore eyes. Mm. I've got uh, Ben Simmons on my list as well, actually. He's getting spoiled at Christmas. <laughs> but for me, it was, I've, uh, I've, Got him a couple of hypnosis sessions so he can kind of, you know, go in there, get lulled into a, a vulnerable state and just told that he's confident to shoot that ball. You know, we want him to believe that the ball's going to go in. I think that, you know, for as much as he's struggled as a jump shooter, you just have to get the shots up and you have to build the confidence. You have to see them go in a few times, even if he goes like one from four, like Russell Westbrook does it. He's got no lack of confidence. And you just need people to respect the shot to the point that they actually put a hand up, as you were saying with Tristan Thompson, Matt. Because, you know, if a player runs out to you, that creates a, a flow-on effect and a, allows the play to evolve as an offensive set. And it's it's just, uh, you know, even spreading the floor, we can't have him just sitting there underneath the, the ring like he did in the playoffs in the dunker's position because... Spreading the floor is so important with a guy like Embiid as the focus of that offense. So I, I just think mm. he has to have the confidence. He has to take the shots. People have to respect it. And they, they won't start going in until he's putting them up. So, mm. so you Hypnosis. think a bit of time with like Tony Robbins yeah, would uh, exactly. do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Is, is it my go again or is it yours, yep. Tilby? Where we'll are we at? It's mine? I yeah, jumped go back to you, I guess. All right. So <clears throat> looking at my... Uh, Santa Christmas wish list. Uh, this one goes out to the Charlotte Hornets. 
And uh, what I'd like to see them get is one of those motivational cat posters with like the tagline of like, you can do it or just hold on or whatever it might be because they are sniffing that eight seed at the moment. Uh, definitely as, as you led off with earlier, Jono, like on the back of Devontae Graham averaging nearly 20 points, seven and a bit assists, shooting 41% from the field. So yeah, I reckon one of those sort of old 90s era motivational posters with the cat hanging from the branch you know just hold on baby or you can do it some kind of sort of cliche tagline to just motivate these guys to keep fighting and and see if they can get an improbable playoff berth like like we wrote this team off from the jump in our predictions and mm. they're they're up there you know they're they're a couple of couple of wins out of of jumping up to seventh almost like they're two they're two wins behind the nets so uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see Charlotte make a bit of noise with this ragtag group of misfits and, and old bums like Nick Batum. So <laughs> you can do it, Hornets. Keep on believing. Keep it's hanging fun- in there, yeah. baby. <laughs> it's funny because they're 12 and 17, so well below that kind of 500 win loss record. But like I said, the bottom of the East isn't that impressive. It, it yeah. might not. You might not need a 500 record to make the playoffs. I mean, very rarely you do. Like, it's it's just an interesting sort of fact. Like, and I mean, it always happens every year. Like, the bottom of the East is either A, on a losing record, or mm. B, like, the same record in the West would have you sort of 12th yeah, yeah. or 13th. Like, that's how big this sort of golfing class is between what is technically, you know, average in the East and what is average in the West. So, look, I mean, if, they, if they're going to you know, take that chance. It's got to be now because they're right on the cusp because of, they're breathing down Orlando's neck. It's just such a shame that they gave such a big contract to... Um, Rosier. Rosier, yeah. Yeah. Like, knowing such how Such a waste of money. Knowing how good Devontae is now, you, you'd almost go like, oh, maybe we can move Rosier off to another team, but he's just signed this contract and he's he never was as good as, as that contract. <laughs> no way. Yeah. No. Well, I am actually looking at my list again, and it looks as if the Toronto Raptors are looking and wishing on their Christmas wish list for a restraining order for Drake. (laughs) Why would Uh, they do that? He's the brand ambassador, the global ambassador. What's wrong with Drizzy? Well, it seems as if uh, Drake has, of course, been supporting Sierra Canyon. Um, (laughs) Of course, the, the high school of one Bronny James... But uh, he gets—he's always got around that Drake. Oh yeah, he's—he's he's a hoa, as they say yeah. down in the south. But I, but I feel like you've got to be loyal to your main hoe, if that makes sense. <laughs> and he is. It cle- he is. You've got like Drake nights there. There's no Drake nights down in LA. I, I get what you're saying though. As a as a pseudo Torontonian, I I feel you. Like I hate seeing him at other mm. other outlets or hanging with with enemy players so to speak um he's a fan of the game you can't take that away does does it also piss you off that he got a ring as well um uh, uh, a little bit because like valentunas didn't get one and darrell bright and yaka pertle demar Derozan. like obviously they were only there for a very small portion of uh this sort of crazy purple patch that I'll never see again. But yeah, it's it's weird that he got one. I can't remember the uh, the Raptors super fan, the the Indian car dealership yeah. dude that has never missed like a Raptors game in existence. So um, he's he's rightfully deserving of one. But Drake, yeah, maybe not. Piss off, Drake. Like give that, <laughs> give that ring to Valentunas or something. Go, You're just go give it to Chris Bosch. <laughs> Give it to Vince Carter. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Valentinus should have got one, Brendan? Um, probably not. But like, the debates there, I think. Mm. Um, and and he's he's like I love seeing him flourish there in Memphis. Like he's he's really stepped up. Like he's a he's a, that sort of throwback big man. But he's he's getting a little bit of range to his game now, and he, he doesn't mind banging in the paint. And he's 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 sneaky with the pass as well. He's mm. he's he's certainly a Marcus Gasol light, or, or maybe he's. He's probably a bit more than current day Marcus Um which is, but yeah, which is funny because yeah, that Val, trade was such a big yeah. part of winning the championship. Yeah, you greatly missed. Yeah, yeah exactly. But um, that's it for me. Unless you guys have any more, you got any more, Brendan? 
I've got, got one, one more, and mm-hmm. um, this is for the Milwaukee Bucks, and it's actually uh, one of those cartoon banana peels that you see in <laughs> sort of Looney Tunes and, wa- and everything like that. Mario Kart. Yeah. I'm I'm wanting to see uh, you know bigger Giannis slip over on that peel and go down for a substantial amount of time to <laughs> oh my God. get a bit more parity in the East, so my Raptors can come back <laughs> up and. And try and go for the chip again. Just as a, a jaded Raptors fan, I'm like, Giannis, you're too good. You need to slow down, and I'm going to do it with a cartoon banana. Here I was thinking that they were going to be using the cartoon banana to have uh, the Sixers and the Celtics slip up on the uh, the cartoon banana. But uh, yeah, you've gone the other way with it, and I'm a little bit surprised. But <laughs> yeah, I-, I love Giannis. Like he's one of my favorite players to watch, but. I thought just to just to play a bit of a heel role tonight, you know, it can't all be sunshine and rainbows. So, yeah, cartoon banana peel, Giannis, going down, son. Well, we uh, we now get to play Santa in, I, in this I got one game. left, Tilby. Oh, you do? I got, I got one left, yeah. You want to hear it? Okay. Yes. I, as my last gift this Christmas, am giving Kyrie Irving some self-awareness. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've read his Instagram rant a couple of weeks ago. Are you guys familiar with the story? I've, no, I've I'm not. Please seen elaborate. bits and pieces. He's, yeah. he's, he's just this otherworldly being these is, days, yeah. it feels like. So it was after the Celtics game that they played and he was booed and he, I guess he took issue with it because he did this huge rant and it was all text on Instagram and it was about the way that like fans see the game differently from players and you know it's prom- it's all commercial it's promoted as a fandom experience for tickets or buyers they chew you up and spit you out and it's all smoke and mirrors and life is is w- way more than this and you know it's don't fall for the game that's played he's talk- talking like morpheus in the matrix about <laughs> like, basketball and it's just like dude you are as commercial as anyone else if you believed all this you wouldn't be doing shoe deals and making Pepsi commercials and Uncle Drew, like he's as guilty as anyone of treating this thing like a, treating himself like a commodity, but then complaining that other people see dollar signs when they talk to him. It it really just reeks of someone that can't handle criticism, and we've seen the way that people have talked about him since he's been in Brooklyn, and he's already not the most popular guy there. I just feel like he has a way that he rubs off on people like he was telling one of the mm. team photographers not to take photos of him in the warm-ups because he doesn't like that and the dude was like that's never happened to me in like 30 years of of covering the nba and i just think he doesn't he doesn't care or he doesn't realize how he comes across so give him some self-awareness and hopefully he can be a leader we've seen that he isn't really <laughs> like he's, he might be a leader on the court but he hasn't shown that ability and leadership off the court and that makes you think like maybe he's not the number one option on a team that goes deep in the playoffs it's a good thing Kevin Durant's there to take that kind of LeBron-esque spot that he would have had in Cleveland because he's just not that guy Mm. do you see him I guess calming down a little bit once KD uh, gets back onto the court or do you see this just being a problem that hangs over Brooklyn like a cloud I really hope so. I mean, I hope that the speculation dies down a bit, like the the scrutiny dies down a bit over Kyrie because KD will be there to shoulder some of that. But I mean, KD hasn't exactly been a beacon of of leadership as well. Like he he's a definitely a guy you can look to on the court and at, at times off the court. But you've also seen this insecurity and the whole burner accounts thing and the way that things ended in, in Golden State definitely wasn't uh, great from a chemistry standpoint. But I guess it's like being in this place together. It might bring them together. They might have a bit in common. I don't know where KD stands on the whole flat earth thing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's he's, he's a bit of a wild card. I wouldn't be surprised if he had some kind of like Dave Chappelle disappears off to Africa for six months kind of breakdown. Kyrie he just seems like he's wired differently from everyone else yeah look given he's you know of course professed about how much he thinks the uh, the earth is flat I would not be surprised personally <laughs> but uh yeah any more for any more that's me We're done good. 
All right. Well, we are going to finish up tonight with a little bit of... Well, we get to play Santa now, essentially. Uh, we get to look through the NBA and decide who's been naughty and who's been nice. Um, and I am actually going to start this one off with a bit of a uh, a bit of a scalding, a bit of a, a lump of coal, so to speak, for our uh, NBA commissioner, Mr. Adam Silver. Um, and of course, the news came through over the last month or so that, uh, or rumblings, I should say, that the NBA is seriously looking at something of a mid-season tournament. Uh, they were looking to essentially shorten the season by about five or six games, but by doing so that they would um, install a mid-season tournament that would either have some sort of draft pick as a reward or have playoff play-in games or something in some weird convoluted fashion. Um, and for me personally, as much as I enjoy the idea of, uh, you know, because you know, I watch soccer and I know how much this pisses you off, Brendan, but <laughs> they obviously have the FA Cup is, is the big sort of... Um, football competition in England it's a knockout tournament if they're sort of doing the same thing for the NBA it just doesn't feel right just doesn't fit the sort of you know the 82 game playoff format that's always been around for years and years and years in the NBA so I can understand them possibly wanting to maybe cull a bit of games just for you know a player health and safety standpoint to limit the sort of load management that we've all had in the last couple of years but yeah look it He's he's been a bit naughty there, trying to think that he can mess with what is now obviously a uh, a, a what is a uh, a tried and, and tested formula. So yeah, Mister Silver, it looks like you're getting a bit of coal this Christmas. That's mean. Justified, justified. I don't think so. I think that it's good to mix things up. The NBA's got a problem. Too many games. It's causing issues with players. No, no one likes the amount of games there are. Like no one. It's the number one complaint from the players. And we see all these injuries and people getting rested, load management. You solve all these problems with a shorter season. And if it means that you have to find another way to raise money with a tournament or something, I think that's it can't hurt to, to explore those avenues. And I think that's all Adam Silver's done so far. He hasn't locked anything in place. They're so just discussing it. Look, I, I personally think that a tournament, if it's going to be done... I feel like it would be much better in the preseason, mm. um, and at least make that way you can make preseason games a little bit more meaningful and a little bit more, you know, worthwhile. Um, I obviously wouldn't say that you get an extra draft pick from that because I feel like that's the dumbest idea the NBA's given in a while. Yeah, but I don't like that either. Yeah, you'd have to work through this for a while, and even if it's you know years and years off. Um, from happening, I, it would have to be something pretty special to uh, to get fans into it. But uh, yeah, Brendan, have you got anything? Uh, I have a few. Uh, so you went with the coal. So I'll start with a with a sort of a, a a nice a nice gift. And this is for my 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 man Ja Morant, rookie superstar. And what I am going to gift him this Christmas is a big tub of protein powder. And a full-time <laughs> personal trainer, so he can he can bulk up, so he can join the hashtag MuscleWatch and yeah. have a long, healthy career, because he's rail thin at the moment, and you hold your breath every time he goes up. Like he's got no fear, this kid. Like he's trying he's to awesome. dunk on everybody, yeah. just mm. goes into the into the paint at a million miles an hour. I love watching this kid, but I just am so fearful for the young fella doing some kind of long-term injury. So, bit of, bit of protein powder. Full-time personal trainer, I think it'll uh, you know, help him ascend and, and get that body sort of big man muscle watch ready and uh, let him keep doing what he's doing. So uh, that's that's what I'm giving my boys, yeah. 15 pounds of muscle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, league regulation, 15 pounds, yeah. of course, Jono. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, who have you I've, got, Jono? I've got something nice for Damian Lillard. This is a guy who just wrote <coughs> an article for the Players' Tribune, I believe, talking about how he is not leaving. Like, he's like Wolf of Wall Street in there. I'm not leaving. Like, <laughs> loyalty is such a bizarre concept in modern sports, not just the NBA, mm. but, you know, pretty much everywhere. And players like Kobe and Dirk and Tim Duncan, it's hard to, to see anyone in the NBA 
that you could imagine playing for the same team their whole career. Damian Lillard is that guy, I think. He's pledged his allegiance to the Blazers time and time again. And he's said if he if he ever leaves there, it won't be by his own decision. It will be because things didn't work out and they kind of wanted him to move on. But I think that kind of, of loyalty is something that should be commended. And he's kind of compared himself to Dirk Nowitzki and said, you know, I know things are going to be hard. It might take a really long time, but I believe that even if it's 10 years into my career, I'll get to climb to the top of the mountain like Dirk did uh, in 2011. So that's that's my dude, Damian Lillard, best I'm, rapper I'm, in the NBA. I'm with you there, man. I love I love Lillard. Big mm. fan of his game. Like came out of a small college at Weber State way back when, top 10 yeah. pick. And that like that kind of dedication and being so open about it is so rare these days. Like there's all this cloak and dagger just media yes men stuff just to keep yeah. i guess your local fans happy until you you know skip town to la or, or you know the the bright lights of wherever it might be so it's cool to see because portland's not a big market like oregon's yeah. not the most exciting state getting around so it's cool to see him <laughs> sort of say no nah, this, this is where i'm at i'm laying down some roots and i'm mm. gonna bring us a championship one day like they probably need to get rid of mccullum to try and be higher in the stakes uh especially after how well they did last year maybe maybe trade him away up this upcoming sort of trade period for maybe some small forward power forward help and then uh hope um yusuf can come back and yeah. be what he once was before that horrible leg snap but yeah lillard i'm with you man i love that mm-hmm. and it's I a think tough it's, I think thing it's great yeah. yeah it's a tough thing as well because like putting it out there takes away any leverage he's got when it comes to negotiate his contract as far as like they know he wants to be there so they can kind of lowball him and i guess he's putting his faith in that relationship with the team that they'll take care of him he's their superstar athlete he's their franchise guy uh and he won't be going anywhere mm. i mean it's it's funny that he compares himself to dirk does this mm. mean that he'll uh try and perfect that one foot step back jumper i reckon that would be pretty sweet <laughs> I mean, given, especially given from that how he can shoot, yeah, yeah, especially given how much he can shoot from the logo. Of course, with the uh, with the nickname logo Lillard, um, it'll add a, a new sort of uh, weapon to his arsenal. It should be said. But um, I have a couple of options for who has been nice this year in my eyes, um, and I'm going to start with another player currently playing for the Blazers in the form of one Carmelo Anthony. Um, Melo. And he has been nice because, look, let's be honest, he's deserved this. Um, given the amount that he has had to struggle and fight to at least get any sort of, um, you know, a foot in the door, so to speak, mm-hmm. after being out for, what, 18 months uh, from the game. And we all saw the videos of him in the gym, hoodie mellow, <laughs> you know, just training threes and, and working with a trainer. Um, it's fair to say that, you know, even at his age, he's, what, 35 now? Um he's enjoying some some of the best um, basketball in a long time. I wouldn't say in his career because let's be honest, some of the stuff he was pulling out when he was a lot younger was insane. But it's just good to see him producing at a, at a high rate and being a, a very sort of solid contributor to a team who, look, let's be honest, haven't been great. They've been underwhelming this year. But yeah, I think it's it's always good to see Mello mm. back in a, in a in an NBA jersey and, and playing well, and of course, the fact that he picked up was it was it play for the play for the week uh, in the West. I think it was last week. Um, is always fun ago, to see, yeah. but no, he's it's been good. Um, I just think that hopefully this means that he, um, the Blazers may consider him for maybe a one or two years uh, as a more guaranteed contract. Of course, we heard that his current what ten day or month-long deal was sort of secure so fingers crossed that this means this is um hopefully the place where he can end his career yeah i think it'd be wise to keep it to that kind of one year contract with a guy his age Mm. but yeah it looks like a good fit and that was always the thing that you needed with a dude like Mello. like you needed him to be somewhere where i guess he understands what his role is and maybe the time off has helped with that for him to kind of swallow his pride and be the third scoring option. They're 11 and 16 yeah, now exactly. Look, he's, as of recording he, this. And the, the last 10 games, they're now six and four. So they're starting to trend back up. And I think that, you know, if Phoenix 
knock on wood, Matt. If Phoenix drop off, if if you know the <laughs> the Mavericks struggle a bit with Luca out, and other teams kind of even out a bit, I think the Blazers we could see them as a quite an entertaining eighth seed going up against one of the LA teams in the first round. Mm, and that'd be an interesting series for sure. Uh, Brendan, have you got anything? Yeah, so um, if we're going to sort of shift into some 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 naughty naughty oriented gifts, I'm I'm giving some coal to uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, I just, you know, he's he's got all the talent in the world. This guy uh, could be in the MVP discussions, but he just doesn't seem to give two shits every second game at the moment for. <laughs> The Denver Nuggets, like they, they were talked about as a potential dark horse contender this year, and sort of what's I know they've sort of had a few wins and they've moved their way up back, so they're back to seventeen eight. They've won three in a row as of today, so that's that's nice. But like his stats are down across the board from last year, um, as far as points, field goal percentage, three point percentage, rebounds, assists, steals. And blocks, blocks. He's never really been a guy that's gonna mm. gonna get get a lot of swats. But yeah, down across the board, you know, this guy's twenty four years old. Could be anything, but he just seems to be so inconsistent and up and down. Like he's yeah. he's got games on his on his sort of record from this year where he's had like eight points, seven points, six points, and he's like where he's taken under ten shots a game. Like he should be the focal point of this team, and you know, shooting twenty plus shots a game and and just doing his thing. So um. You're getting some coal, you big seven-footer, for just uh, taking a step back from what could have been from last year. Like, like the Nuggets have still got a great team. And, yeah, he's he's their leader. He's their stalwart, their figurehead, and he should be leading by example. But instead, he's just up and down, you know, depending on the mm. day, riding these emotions. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because they're still in that sort of top four in the West. Only, only three games... Uh, or six games technically behind the leading Lakers and three games behind uh, the Clippers. And it's, it's yeah. if they could sort of stay within that sort of top three, top four, you'd say, yeah, that's, you know, not a bad spot for them to be given the team that they've got. You could argue that they pretty much overachieved uh, last season. But yeah, Jokic is, is such a, you know, up and down sort of player. He's such a streaky player. Um and he's always had that sort of point guard mentality in a center's body, which I think doesn't doesn't sort of suit him well because you know he may get you know eight assists and and you know ten rebounds, but he'll he won't take the the same amount of shots that you know a point guard or a shooting guard should. So it's it's a weird sort of mesh of, of styles in in sort of one player. So yeah, you'd you'd love to see him just go you know balls to the wall with a thirty point ten rebound triple you know double double I should say, but yeah, he's just not uh, not picking it up this season mm. yeah I think the World Cup didn't really keep him in shape over the summer like people hoped it would I don't know <laughs> what's what the deal is but he just doesn't seem like he's got energy or effort or the fitness that you want from the best player on your squad and we know he's capable we know that he doesn't need to be you know like an Adonis out there to be effective he's got a big body and he uses it to his advantage but he has to be able to play the whole game with full effort I think and we haven't seen that and that's been part of the reason that the shots aren't really there for him because you know scoring and shooting putting the ball up bodying up in the paint like it takes a lot of effort and we just haven't been able to see that so maybe he knows that they're going to win these games regardless and he's saving himself for the playoffs but it's a bit risky when you start to go into a regular season with that mindset i think mm, exactly um and i am going to finish off with a final nice selection um and i'm going to give a a vote of confidence to whoever designed the miami heat vice uniforms for this season uh because ladies and gentlemen they look absolutely fantastic this is the fourth season that the heat have gone with the i guess the vice uniforms the pastel pinks the whites the blacks and of course this season the blue um and i just love it i think the the combination of basketball and culture um is something i am huge on and they've they've knocked it out of the ballpark again this year i think it's great um and i guess 
a honourable mention, of course, to the Memphis Grizzlies for bringing back those Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys, because uh, that is also another fun sight to see. Um, have you guys got any particular jerseys you've been enjoying this year? Just quickly. Uh, I'm I'm with you. Like the Miami Vice jerseys, they're they're always one of the slickest bits of kit around. And and from what I've heard, this is the last iteration they're going to do of mm. this Vice run. They're probably going to recycle some of those four colorways over the the coming seasons. But yeah, this is sort of the the last variation. Um, I I really like the the look of the Milwaukee Bucks Cream City jersey. Like I like how it how it presents itself. Just the fact that it's got Cream City splashed across the chest. <laughs> You know, it leaves a little bit to be desired or, uh, you know, sexually suggested depending on your mindset. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I just I just like good-looking good, good looking jerseys. Sometimes simplicity is key for me. Just just mm. nice colors, like fonts and stuff don't phase me too much and, and number placements, but just something something you can wear and not feel like you're stepping out of the 90s and you, you, you're part of E17 or Boyzone or something like Something, well, I was going to say, does subtle the, and understated. Uh, does the Grizzlies one sort of, uh, you know, fail that that litmus test for you? Because it's pretty. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty intense, bright. like that yeah. teal, <laughs> that teal color. Like I really like that color, but I don't know. I couldn't really see myself wearing it, and that that was sort of one thing. Like I've got a few of the old like retro Raptors jerseys with the big dino on the front and stuff, and they're atrocious mm. looking jerseys. <laughs> They're in my cupboard and like they're, they're a pride piece, but like I never wear them. Same as like in the NFL, I go for the Vikings who are like purple and gold. So a lot of their jerseys are purple and I'm just like, I don't really wear purple. Funnily enough, yet that's like 8-bit colors, but I never really wear purple. Just, I don't know. It's just a weird thing for me, but yeah, those Vice, those Vice jerseys are mint. Yeah, look, just going through a couple of the uh, City jerseys as well at the moment because I just you know love looking at them some... Uh, Honorable mentions for the Brooklyn Nets, bringing back the uh, the biggie sweater lining for the Bedstoy uh, City jersey. Um, or, I mean, Cleveland's is a bit of an eyesore, but you can understand the uh, the nods to specific times in the Cavaliers period. So that's always nice. But, John, I know you're a big fan of the Mavericks recently, but uh, their City jersey is... Oof. Yeah, is that the one with the, like the graffiti text on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yes, like it, it at all. I'm not a fan. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's very un Dallas. Like it's just not their style. Yeah, yeah and I, uh, a jersey I, I do like though is the the Lakers. I think they had it last season as well. But that it's a different shade of yellow than they had in like the Kobe era, and I, I think it's just it's popping for me. I like it. Mm, yeah, it's uh, I believe it was actually created by uh, Mister shaquille o'neal or inspired by his design work but uh it's it's not an inch uh it's a pretty interesting design but um of course the clippers also going with that uh that real la style um wording on the front looks very nice but Mm. uh, of course the bumble logo on the uh on the breast sort of ruins that sort of (laughs) Very strong, tough look a bit. But the yeah. Detroit Pistons one is absolutely atrocious, by the way. It looks like some <laughs> shitty soccer jersey with the sleeves cut off. It's yeah, look, it's it's not great. There are a couple of ones that I could probably do without. Minnesota's is is pretty bland. The Bulls um, one's bad too, sorry, Jono. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have sleeve jerseys anymore. Yes, that was that's a true. Experiment. I'm glad to be over. And uh, Phoenix's flies under the radar. I do like that a lot. Nice Lost Suns. Purple trim, very nice. But uh, yeah, of course, if, if you've got any jerseys that you uh, are a big fan of in this current range, I would love to hear about it. Send us a, uh, a message on Twitter with the hashtag HoopDreams. Of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at WeR8Bit. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Tilby. Jono, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Jono himself. And Brendan? Uh, you can usually find me at the front of a KFC or on the social medias <laughs> at Brendan8Bit. I've actually yes. got an- another thing, uh, Matt. You keep cutting me off. <laughs> oh, You just don't want to hear what's on my list, do you? Oh, have we got one more then? We do. Uh, if, okay. this is the, if this is the last one, then it's probably a good one to close on, I think. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. I got a lump of coal here, and it's for a guy who's received many lumps of coals over the years. But this may be his last one in the NBA before he's gone forever. It's Dion Waiters. 
Have you been following <laughs> the, the drama around oh this guy? Oh my goodness! Yes, he's, oh he's been suspended goodness. three times this season, and by that's the by Miami his team. Heat. Yeah. yeah. And I dare say we won't see him suit up for that team again. It's hard to imagine a guy coming back from this. But of all things, you know, the first one, we don't really know. He missed one game. The second one, he, he took a, some kind of edible on a plane. I think it was some kind of gummy and it had like yeah. a, a, Gum- a seizure or some kind of reaction that was probably a bit too hard to cover up being that it was in front of his entire roster. And then recently he was found chilling on a plane when he was meant to be sick uh sorry a boat he, he posted a photo of himself on a boat when he was meant to be uh recovering from illness so he's done i think and it's yeah. it's a sad story because he showed so much potential on and off like i don't know if you ever strung two seasons together <laughs> in the, in his whole entire career but when he was good he was a guy that you kind of didn't mind having on your team at all but now he's he's I don't know. It's hard to see him coming back. If if there's no place for, you know, a guy like Jamal Crawford or or J.R. Smith in the league, then I'm not sure where uh, he fits in. Yeah, exactly. That, that draft because that was the draft where the Cavs picked one and four, right? And they grabbed yeah. the American, the Canadian whose name escapes me, Anthony who, Bennett. Yeah, Anthony Bennett, who was an absolute. That's a sign. Blast. He's just fallen off. <laughs> and and then they name. grabbed Waiters at four and. Yeah, like he he's he's shown glimpses, but he just can't get out of his own way. And and yeah, he's going to be trade fodder. He's just going to be there to balance salaries uh, once once this mm. sort of trade market opens up. And he gone, he gone. Mm. Well, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you uh, don't have too many issues like that over your holiday season. <laughs> but we, of course, here at Hoop Dreams and at everyone at Eight Bit, wish you a very merry Christmas, a very happy holidays. And, of course, a very happy new year. If this is the last episode for us, I should say, uh, for the year, then Mm. we will very gladly see you in 2020. But from me, Matt Tilby, John O'Peck, and Brendan White, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming, you filthy animals.